Hey everyone, I just wanted to say a couple things about this particular episode because we had some fun with technology. Um, so what you'll do is you'll listen to this episode with my very special guest, Elizabeth White. She is an amazing person and you'll see why. Um, but when we started recording, I was having some trouble with my headphones and microphone and all this other stuff um, prior to recording. And then I thought I worked it out and it was great. And then we started the conversation and then partway through, I was like, oh, I don't know if we have any audio. <laughs> so um, just for, for, for fun, I included the, um, the outtakes, we'll say, at the end of this episode because there indeed was audio recorded. And I wanted to share with you because what we talked about was so high energy and amazing and so much fun and I couldn't keep it to myself. So think of this as like a bonus mini half episode. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, enjoy this conversation I'm having with Elizabeth White about ritual, about being a witch, about being a person of color, a woman of color and writing and all the things that I love and the, the great ways in which we can continue to grow spiritually and um, be mindful of how and who we are being really influences how the rest of the world is, if that makes any sense. So enjoy it. And I will, I would love to hear from you by leaving a review on Apple podcasts or, you know, any which way. All right, friends. So enjoy. Welcome to Spiritual Grit, the podcast where we talk real talk about spirituality through the lens of activism and social justice. What happens when activism and spiritual practices collide? What sparks of change call for the grit we need to create meaningful strides in social justice? I'm your host, Leslie Ann Hobayan, poet, priestess, activist, professor, hip-hop dancer, and badass mama. Join me as we dive in to learn more about our deepest selves so that we can be better ancestors to create a stellar world for our descendants. Grab your dancing shoes and let's get groovy with the grit right now. All right. Hello, loves. Welcome to another episode of Spiritual Grit. I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are. And always remember, as I tell you every episode, that you can change your day with just a thought. So reach for the good feeling thoughts. Reach for like, mm, what does chocolate feel like and taste like? And mm, I feel so good now. Um, but if you want to stay in your rut, that's, you know, that's on you. I'm not going to change your mind. <laughs> um, so today, my friends, I want to tell you, I have a confession to make. I have a guest today, but we were recording and then there was a big technical snafu where it was just dead air. So <laughs> we're just going to do take two and you will not have even known, but I feel like we know. So I should just fess up. Um, so to the show today, I have a very special guest she is a woman I met at the Breadloaf Environmental Writers Conference last summer, and we have created this beautiful friendship over that time. I mean, almost like instant buddies, best friends, which is in, in, in cahoots, so to speak. Um, and she just recently won and was named the winner of the 2022 Perugia Press 
Women's Poetry Prize. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth White. Woo! <laughs> I swear the audio is working this time. <laughs> I'm going to generate some new material. <laughs> fresh. We're just, yeah, we're just keeping it fresh. So, so my friends, we are going to start with a card, a new card from, because we want to, we want to reset everything. So today I'm going to, I'm going to pull a new tarot card from the Wild Messengers Alchemical Tarot deck to kind of create some energy for our episode today because my friend here is all into the magicness of the world, as am I. And so I have a feeling that this tarot poll will just help us with our conversation. So today we've got the moon card. Oh, nice. Didn't so, you just get the sun? This yes. is amazing. <laughs> yes. And so it is it is the Black Panther, which technically, from what I understand, there is no such thing as a Black Panther. It's a black jaguar or a black oh, leopard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I was like, that's so interesting. But we will just read the invocation to help us set up our energy for this episode. And this is the invocation. I call upon the strength and ferocity of the Panther to help me stay focused and empowered in visionary states. Focusing on my intentions helps me sort through any confusion that arises. My subconscious and unconscious patterns are rising into awareness. My intuition is speaking in louder whispers and I can hear my inner voice at new levels. Like Panther, I stalk the messages and listen. I immerse myself in the liminal spaces of dreams and visions. I know that by creating an alliance with Panther, I may cause my illusions to disintegrate. I accept that this is Panther's magic. And oh, 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 the phase of alchemy with this one is conjunction. Ooh. Yes. So, so this is, yeah, this is so funny. So in take one of the episode, we pulled the sun card (laughs) and then today in this one, we're pulling the moon card. So it's, I feel like it's a call for balance. Um, But we are, we are recording this on the full moon. So let me ask you, my friend, how does the energy feel now, now that we've pulled the Panther card and the moon card? Yeah. On the full moon. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, Panthers are pretty sexy. So I don't feel a little more sensual in here right now. Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) A little more slowed down. Um, Oh, I like it. I love the. I love that we pulled them both, right? Because mm-hmm. I can see where they kind of connect. I mean, when we pull, had the sun card with the eagle, we were kind of talking about perspective, and this one has like the other side of vision, right? It's talking about focus and like that kind of closer in, um, intuitive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and big cats. There's just nothing more sensual than big cats in my yeah. mind. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. And and it's funny because you know I'm noticing that there is this energy shift from you know this bright sun, sort of like buzzy feeling, and then uh-huh. the moon card kind of just got us grounded. It was like, yeah. ooh, yeah, let's just like sink into the earth and just like be with our our, our yeah. senses and our intuition. Um, so yeah. So for those who are missing out on the inside joke, you know, whatever, you can just guess what, what kind of shenanigans <laughs> were happening with the non-audio. <laughs> um, but I wanted to start this, this conversation um, at the beginning. We'll start at the beginning. And so, 
you know, when we, when we first met, um, I, I kind of, well, first of all, it was like you and I were the only two people or women of color in the room, in the virtual zoom room as, that is you know, right. which yeah. is like par for the course for any, any writer's conference, unfortunately. <laughs> and so I was like, Oh, there's my buddy. <laughs> you know, like I got to go gravitate to her. Um, but little did I know how much, how, how connected we already have been, you know, with our practices in, in the magical realms. And so, um, so I wanted to ask you just describe your relationship with, with the magic, with, you know, spiritual practices, with alchemy, with witchery, which with nature, you know, just talk to me about how those things factor into your day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, as I mentioned before, I think my gateway into magic has always been the natural world, right? Um, And I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm lucky because I grew up with a a grandfather and a family that just really loved being outdoors. Um, Mm. And so I spent a lot of time outside um, as a kid. And there's something about that realm of just being able to adventure and play outdoors that I can't, I mean, it's just, it's such a part of my fiber, right? Like it, so it, it's filled me with this way of like being able to adventure in a way that felt safe, but also new um, because I was able to develop this trust in like the forest and the natural world and, and the elements there. And then Oh, there's something I just wanted to know about that. It'll come to you. I know that you mentioned, I know you mentioned about making fairy houses. Oh yeah. Right. So we say, you know, we, oh, this is what I want to say. Thank you. (laughs) Fairy houses. I think what it instilled in me. And I think it's the quality that I actually most appreciate about myself today. I just went to this thing and we had to you know, come up with the things we love about ourselves, um, some circle, and it was really challenging, but this is the one that stuck, is that I, it instilled in me, like, this sense of awe, right, Mm. and, like, wonder to be able to go out in the natural world and, like, see, you know, like, the little mossy stump with a hole in it and wonder who's living there, and maybe it's a mouse, but maybe it's fairies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we feed the fairies? Maybe we're feeding a rodent at the same time, who knows, but. (laughs) Maybe the rodents are fairies. (laughs) Maybe the rodents are In disguise. I have to say. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But it, it, you know, just activated this sense of wonder in me that I, I hope I never lose it just because it feels so life-giving. And it also, I think is the foundation of my spiritual practices that I'm always um, prepared to, to go with like curiosity and, yes. um, and, and genuine like presence and engagement to, to wonder into a thing. And I think that's just made all the difference in how yeah. I practice spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the question that's coming to mind now is how do you sustain that curiosity? Because I know for myself, you know, you get into a routine, you get kind of road, then like material world is in your face all the time. Right. So it's so easy to just be like, all right, this is my life. You know, like you just forget that there are things beyond the five senses. And unless you are practicing daily intentionally, 
of, you know, that awareness and, and that curiosity, then you just kind of fall into that ego trap and grumbling, you know, day in, day out, same day, different, you know, same shit, different day or whatever that (laughs) expression is. So what, what do you do personally to keep that curiosity going? Oh my gosh. I, I hate the mundane world so much. I know we're supposed to have balance and we just opened up with like, you know, the balance of the yeah. parts and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's really challenging for me. I'm a Pisces. So I'm like, if I could swim out in the mystical waters forever, I would be like, yes! <laughs> what do I need to come back for? But it, right. That balance is very important. So it's interesting because I think I have a harder time like letting myself self stay connected to the mundane than I do um, opening up to wonder. Um, that being said. Why do you have to stick to the mundane though? Well, I have to have a ground. I have to have a little bit of a ground. You can I mean, have I, ground, but it doesn't have to be mundane. No, you know, honestly, just to be completely honest, I yeah. feel like I, there's, I have to stick to the mundane in order to stay in connection with many of the people in my world Mm, mm. because there's not this is why I love being witches in cahoots with folks (laughs) and finding other witch folks because it does feel like there's um it's just a part of myself that not that I tone it down or, or put it away but I have to put this um this kind of most people relate through the mundane in our culture. Yeah. Like that's yeah. how, you know, they relate yeah. through like their jobs and what they do or the things that they're um, buying or consuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's why that's, that's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I can actually talk to my family <laughs> right? without scaring them away and talking about occult practices. <laughs> and they look at me like, are you the devil? We need to put you away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know yeah it's, it's functioning in this this culture the way we have it set up and I yeah. think you know yeah. and there's other cultures where I don't think that's the case where there's a lot more room for mm-hmm. like the spiritual and the transcendent to be just a part of our daily living but yeah um, yeah we should go move yeah. there okay <laughs> <laughs> just tell me where it is <laughs> are they hiding are they hiding in a secret portal <laughs> I think so witchy communes I think when the revolution happens the result is going to be just a bunch of witchy communes all over the place totally (laughs) totally are you kidding me we're all like secretly hexing (laughs) no I'm just kidding (laughs) am I am I kidding (laughs) I don't know um but so so the wonder sounds to me that it is a constant that the the curiosity is a constant for you and so and so my 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 presumption and this is and this is sort of like let's open up this conversation my presumption would be then writing is easy for you or or like using writing as an exploratory tool is is easier for you than some folks who are just like I got to write a poem it's got to be like 15 lines with like 10 syllables per line blah 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 you know so talk to me about the relationship Mm -hmm. of of magic with and curiosity and wonder with, with writing through the lens of a witch, you know, because a lot of, a lot of poets I respect and love are about discovery uh, of, you know, Mm -hmm. pursuing the wonder and the curiosity. Right. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. how many of them probably, you might be the only one who approached that through the lens of 
of I, I keep calling it witchery and magic, but I don't know. I don't have any other words, and I'm, I think I want to create a new lexicon for it, but I haven't gotten. Yeah. There. So this is cool, and then I'll come back and answer your question. But I want to, I want to, I guess, plug this a little bit. Yeah. There are. So one of the other projects I'm working on is a co-editor of this anthology and it's called Poetry is Spellcasting, right? And it's all about kind of what we're talking about, which is how, um, and it intersects with like activism and social justice, right? Because we're framing it from this place of um, both poetry and witchery or spellcasting um, are languages of liberation, right? Mm-hmm. And so how are we using those and infusing those? And what are all the all the ingredients and the, the things that we put in to our, our poetry and our um, spell work that make it a transformative kind of art or transformative practice, right? So we're like, so um, intention setting, right? Being clear mm-hmm. with your intention. There's a whole... Um, I wrote this piece about enchantment because, you know, I'm all about the wonder and the curiosity and just wanting to kind of like feel kind of wooed and in awe and and reverence for the world because I do think it's just inherently very magical. And then there's also many of the writings actually showed up without us prompting or asking this directly, showed up with people saying, oh, when you're actually, when you're writing and when you're in that space, you have to be open to, um, one writer called it the fourth voice, right? Somebody else calls it, uh, is writing about plants and so opening up to like the language or the the communication between between plants, just being able to open up to um, or expand your sensibilities to just beyond the mundane, right? And beyond like, of course, including the physical body because there's so much, living there right? mm-hmm. um, lineage wise energetic ancestral like in all the ways right yeah including the physical body and also like other being beingnesses <laughs> other yeah. sources of knowing right all things so I think in terms of you know just again like it's harder for me to stay connected to the mundane sometimes it's harder for me to find a structure for my writing but in terms of like entering into it I think I enter into it with this like okay I'm gonna go on this ride there's like this one thought that's like starting me off and then I just have to let go and let it let open up and let the things flow and then I end up way over here I mean that's my favorite part of the creative process is when oh yeah I yeah. have an idea and then all of a sudden like you know 20 minutes later I'm writing about something completely different I'm like, Woo! <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah and that and that takes practice though because a lot of people will have their their seed right whether it's an image or even an intention like I'm gonna write about xyz or whatever and the minute it starts to veer off track a lot of folks who are still egocentric who are still and I mean that by they're still in their egos and they don't have awareness about trusting the process they'll they'll veer back they'll like try to steer the boat back to what their original intention was and then there's that lost opportunity for discovery so how did you get to that point of you know oh I'm gonna I'm gonna follow the flow you know because there are young writers out there who are like, you know, I love poetry and I, you know, I want to write this, but it never works out or whatever it is. And, and so I'm curious about how you got to that point of trusting the process, allowing yourself to be led to whatever it is that needed to happen. 
Oh, surrender, surrender. <laughs> Give yourself away. Surrender, right? Um, you know, I, honestly, so <clears throat> I think I had that inclination, but honestly, it's also probably been just in the past few months because I had to clear so much more space in my life to really mm. be able to to follow to give myself permission to follow that way. And when I say space, I mean time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I had to reclaim and shift um, so much about my sense of time because it's so much harder to, I mean, if you're going to write that way where you just kind of surrender and let yourself be surprised and flow, it means you have to do a lot of writing, right? It, it means there's a lot of write. You're going to generate a lot of writing and a lot of it might not end up a lot of it's going to end up in the, in the garbage. Right, right. <laughs> it's going to, who knows where, and, and it might, whatever, and you might write the thing and then five years later find it and then it becomes something, right? But so it's like all this letting go of, and which means you have to like generate a lot of material and then generate a lot, have a lot of time to come back and edit and piece things together, right? Yeah, yeah. But if that, that second part is the hardest, I think yeah coming back to it it's like I wrote it okay bye yeah it is hard (laughs) that's also very hard for me I did a workshop with um oh through Hedgebrook and I can't remember the authors oh Miriam Jacobs and she actually said something about editing or rewriting that was the first time that it clicked for me and she she framed it as yes you're going back in to edit and rewrite but also how can you continue to stay open to surprise there right like you mm. think you're going back in to give this thing a shape but there might be one little word or something oh, that yeah. sticks out that like sparks something again and you know and then the ego is like damn it I thought we were done with this thing <laughs> <laughs> you mean we have to write more, <laughs> write more. what I thought we were done <laughs> but yes being open and, and that's and that's the thing with with writing is that it's a lot of people, a lot of people are under the wrong impression of what writing is <laughs> until you get into mm-hmm. it. And you're like, Oh, well, you know, people, a lot of people think that you go into writing, you've got a project, you're going to write a book. Right. And then, and then you edit it. Right. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to edit it. But the, it's the, it's the being open to surprise. It's being open to curiosity because whatever, like, let's say you, you're writing, I mean, you're writing a book, your first draft is like, okay, I'm done. Right. It's like, no. And you know, because you've been writing for as long as you have, you know, that it's not done, done, but that you've completed a first draft. Right. And Mm -hmm. so when that happens, I don't know about you, but I get that sort of like, oh God, here we go. (laughs) You know, it's not going to be. Now I'm really going to work. <laughs> now I'm really writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and that, and then I think that that piece is important though, about being open when you're going through that revision process, mm-hmm. being open to the surprise and the wonder and the curiosity, because the first go round isn't the real thing. It's not going to be the thing that you think it is. <laughs> no, no, it is a lot of surrender and letting go. But this reminds me of, I mean, and you and I talked about this before too, is that time poverty consciousness, right? Like to me, and that's what I was meaning before about, I had to clear up so much time to be able to really give myself permission to do that kind of surrender in my writing. Because if you think, if you think that you only have 
so much time to get this thing accomplished you're not open to wonder you're already closed down you've like already limited something right yeah Yeah. and it's hard again because we live in this culture that's very much like you know produce 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 be super efficient produce a lot yeah (laughs) yeah by a certain deadline by certain deadlines Mm -hmm. right and it doesn't allow for like this meandering thing and I mean I've internalized a lot of time poverty consciousness for sure because I mean, part of it is probably also just like being in like a, a, a M of color body, right? And and whatever I've learned about labor and always needing to yeah. be doing something um, yeah. that has fruits, that bears fruit, right? right. That's good right. for myself or my family or my community. Right. Um, right. I can't waste any time. Right. You know? Right. Or I got to make sure I'm like making enough money that I can live. <laughs> I can't, I don't have any time to waste. I got to squeeze. I got, I have 30 minutes to write this poem right. <laughs> before right. I got to go to work. I got to right. get this shit out. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then that changes the energy of the, the poem that you're working on. I mean, it's, I, it's so funny because there, there are these practices or I, not, I don't want to say practices, I, I guess this wisdom or insight or advice or whatever you want to call it. Where it's like, you know, even if you're just writing a little bit at a time, and I get that. I love that, that invitation to practice writing every day. Like you do a yoga practice, like you do a meditation practice, right? And, and to, um, to keep your hands in the writing, like you're always Mm -hmm. touching the writing, right? And you're Mm -hmm. generating, but then to kind of go back to what you were saying, then it's like, where do you create the space or the time to go back and look at what you've created in order to give it shape, you know, because that takes more time than yeah, just yeah. squeezing it in, in those 30 minutes before you have to run off to work or whatever it is, you know? And, and it, and it, I think those stories of <laughs> like, I love Lucille Clifton, love her, you know? And she had what she had like six kids, God, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. She had a bunch, she had a bunch. I don't know if she had six kids or seven kids, but she, you know, she's known to have written all of her poems at the kitchen table after her kids went to bed. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I love that. And so it gives moms and parents like this, this glimmer of hope, like, yes, I too can write, but then what they don't mention is that there's this other piece of writing where you need to have that space and expansion to explore and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and discover in the revision process. So I'm, I'd be curious to know if Lucille Clifton had that time and that space, you know, if she yeah. was able to be like, all right, peace out kids. I'm going to go write some poems and work on this book, make sure it's tight. You know, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious about that, but um, I'd be curious about that too. I mean, it's, I'm thinking of her work and, one of the things I love so much about her work is that her poems are short. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, they were short because she only had a little bit right, of time to write. Right. And I, there's part of me that really loves that. Cause I'm like, Oh, she, you know, you just get in there. You got no time <laughs> to waste. There. You got no but that goes, waste, right? And that speaks to what you were saying about like, you know, you need to be efficient. You need to make your time matter yeah. and count and be productive. And so I feel like, and, and this is just sort of coming to me as we're talking, I feel like it's not by accident that Lucille Clifton is a black woman who writes oh, small poems, poems because, and I want to say the same of June Jordan, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I, and I, Audre Lorde, you know, like I think about the size of their poems for the most part are compact. And, yeah. um, and what does that say about our racial, you know, social structures 
around racism and what black women can and can't do and how they can and can't spend their time. Um, you know, I read, um, do you follow the nap ministry on? Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So she, so Bishop po- posted something, an article, a photo of an article from, I, I want to say maybe in the fifties. Um, I don't remember if there was a date on it, but there was a, there was a, a law in some Southern state probably that was put in place to say that it was against the law. It was unlawful for black women to not have a job. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That they, that they would get fined or thrown in jail (sighs) if they didn't have a job. And so this is the structure and the reinforcement of that structure of, of continual labor. And so how do we have this space to, to create and to be and and so I can understand how you have inherited this this mindset of time poverty it's not just you and it's not just your family you know it is like culturally um you know ancestrally and and how so how did you feel when you had that space because I know that it was the beginning of October when you just your whole schedule just opened up Mm-hmm. And you became a full-time writer, whatever that means, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so t- tell us a little bit about that experience from the first few days of, of being in that to now. Like, how has it shifted and evolved? And, you know, like, how are you feeling in the beginning? I'm curious to know. I'm like, I don't know if I've changed. <laughs> I, if I've changed. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. <laughs> No, I think it has. I actually think that really has shifted and evolved and it comes in waves, right? Like I think Mm. it's a growth thing. Like I'm like, oh, I'm doing, I'm living into what I want. And then, you know, before I know it, I'm back in the habit of what I was doing before. It's like moving through, right? I'm so glad you mentioned the nap ministry because that's actually what, I mean, absolutely. That's what I was thinking about as as you were talking too, is like this, um, God, you know, like time and rest and spaciousness and how little it's been available to certain peoples, right? Mm-hmm. That the this like capitalist consumer culture is built on and relies on so much of the population to not have any time and how, yeah. you know, that's why the NAP ministry is so revolutionary. And I and I love how she actually talks about it too, about um don't also wrap this up into your grind culture, right? Don't yeah. also like schedule in your naps. <laughs> in right. the like that's the antithesis right. of what, what we're trying to do. But sometimes so, we have to schedule them because yeah. we can't, we, we can't, we need to break the pattern little by little, right? You can't sure. just like cut, stop cold turkey and be like, all right, I'm just going to nap. But then right. like you nap and you're like thinking about your to-do list. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, when you're trying to make a new habit, you do right. what you can, but right. you know, the point is like not to keep it just this thing that I scheduled in for my self care right. checklist. Right, <laughs> right, doing. right. Oh, for how to relax. You found me out. I have a checklist. <laughs> <laughs> I love a checklist. I love a checklist. Um, <laughs> so I so right. So I freed up all this space. Um, it really brought up a ton of stuff about being in service and what mm-hmm. it has meant to me to be in service and how, um, and actually how indoctrinated I have been as a woman of color to be in service and to have my labor in the world be mm-hmm. in service to other people, right? Yeah. And I'm still kind of untangling that. 
and then there's definitely moments where I can just relax into like wow a time is such time and space is like such um a human right it feels like such a basic human right that I did not have Mm. (laughs) and in some in some ways can't all the way totally claim um it's really mind-blowing to notice what happens when you have time and space and what wellness feels like for you and like what your rhythm actually is and Mm -hmm. what being what being is it's almost like we don't really have a lexicon for it yeah yeah and then you, and then I still also have to, this, this, this is the mundane again, interrupting my flow. <laughs> I have to like, you know, I also have yeah. to find ways to make money because until, until the huge thing happens and artists are paid just for their, you know, existence and creation yeah. or, or anybody, I guess, for that, you know, reason, it'd be great if we had a universal income so you could just be alive <laughs> and not have to fund yourself um so I come you know I come back into these moments of oh I do need to you know I do need to have a job of some kind I do need to have some source of income and it feels so intense Leslie Ann these moments of like realizing oh I need to have an income I need to like give some of my time to like a job or something and the level of resistance I have now about like well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> right, right, right. That right. feels like me laying on my bed and daydreaming for a half hour until I have to pee and get up and go do something feels so much better yes. than having to be in this meeting Yes. <laughs> at, yes. at noon. That like fucks up my whole day. <laughs> right. You're like, wow, meetings, wow. <laughs> I think about Maxine Waters, you know, when she became, uh, when that whole meme was going around about reclaiming my time. Yeah. I think about that all the time now. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, we we have not been allowed ownership over our time and how we spend our days. And that means we haven't been allowed ownership over um, how are we let our emotional and spiritual and like intellectual lives flow. Right? Yeah. But can you just create that permission for yourself? Right. You know, and that that's really the the question that comes that comes up. But these are all like very real in the three dimensional sense issues that everybody deals with. And so how can how can you bring magic or do you bring magic into it to kind of create the balance to kind of temper that that contracting feeling like so what do you do in this Uh in this sense do you have any practices that you do do you like yeah what do you do yeah well I do have to I have a sitting practice in the morning that I that I do that has become really integral because I'm so used to waking up in the morning and immediately going through like, okay, I have this appointment at this time. So I need to have this ready, but you know, even though I don't necessarily have those appointments, my, my whole nervous system is still geared towards um, that, like that checklist and whatever that is. Right. So I have a sitting practice that I do and my sitting practice, again, is very like earth-based, but basically what it essentially what it does is it like helps me connect to that expanded sense of beingness right where I'm connected to the the big cosmic source yeah and so that helps me to like already shift out of this very narrow tunnel vision of I gotta 
get some shit done and produce and da 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 right and limiting yeah. the way that it yeah. my energy or my day. Yeah. And then and then when I worry about money, I find it actually really helpful to channel that energy into like a money spell. Yes. <laughs> or yes. something, right? Yes, yes. I love it. I'm on board. <laughs> and sometimes I endorse they make, this. And sometimes they don't. But for me, it's more about I'm going to channel, I need some, some financial support. I'm going to channel at least as much energy into like, into the magical realm of it and the ex- that expansive realm of it as I am into, um, you know, taking this meeting. Mm. If I can take yeah. this meeting, I can do some magic. Yes. <laughs> For that yes. Time, yes. And so that is evidence of you bridging the two worlds, you know, of, of, of being present in both. And, and using one, because you talked about balance earlier, you know, like balance, like you, you want to stay in the wonder and the curiosity of, of the, of the magical world, but know that we need to have our, our feet on the ground to a certain extent, if we're going to live in this human body, right? We, yeah. can't, we can't just be like in la la land all the time when the landlord's like, I need the rent. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, hold on, let me manifest that. Ding! um i mean i love manifestation so i'm not knocking it so people who are listening like don't be like but you said no no no. i was just making jokes i'm just making jokes (laughs) but um but yeah so so just coming back to that that sort of what i'm imagining is you sort of straddling both worlds you know Mm -hmm. it's like i'm gonna keep my feet in both like one foot in the 3d physical world and one in the in the magical world and and we're just gonna see what happens and see if we can make them connect and and talk to each other um and so i'm thinking i'm thinking back to what you were talking about this this anthology of um poetry as spell casting and how i mean i just can't wait to see this book I mean, you were talking about, it. I was like, oh my God, I want to see this book. But I, I'm thinking about that intersection of magic with activism, you know, and mm-hmm. how activism is seen as like this really heavy, like fire energy, you know, like we got to get shit done, you know, you know, like the marches, the demonstrations, like all, all these things. It's very, um, very masculine energy. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm looking at your anthology as a way to create balance by creating some feminine energy, some, mm-hmm. some leaning into trust and magic, you know? And so what do you have to tell people who are like, that shit ain't going to work, <laughs> you know, like you guys are fooling yourselves. You know, what, what would you say to people who are skeptical of some of the content of, of what you've got happening in the anthology. Yeah. Well, I don't know. My first thing is like, well, maybe it's not for you. Dismiss them. <laughs> You're dismissed. Bye. <laughs> but I think, right. I mean, again, we're, we're coming on to, to balance, right. Masculine and feminine energies. <clears throat> and I think like, uh, um, a really precise way like to think about that and we've talked about this before too is alchemy right like if you're really looking into transformation you can't just use one ingredient that's not how things like you need another 
um, like water doesn't turn into ice when it's just water, it needs cold, right? Or it doesn't right. turn, it needs heat to, to turn into tea. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like everything needs more, more than one entrance or more than one gateway to actually really move and transform mm. and become something else, right? So at the, at the very um, most essential level, even if you don't necessarily agree with magic, you can probably get on board with like, well, if you've been doing the same thing all the time, there's there's no room for anything new to actually come from that, right? You're yes. gonna get more of the same, um, more of the same responses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and activism yeah. falls into this for sure. Um, and I think that that's where it meets its limits, right? Is is you know, there's we show up in this one particular certain way and we'll get this response, which might come in a change of policy. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, and then that's kind of the loop that, that we get on. And if we can bring something else in, then there might actually be like, we might get a change in policy and, you know, a whole culture of youth might not even think will completely change the way that they think about something. And so then we don't even have to rely on, protesting to give that change of policy anymore right right we'll, ha- we'll have moved the wheel of change just like one big yeah 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 I'd love I love as you were talking I was like oh my god yes because you can't change a problem with the same level of thinking that the problem was created in the first place right right and so, and so we need new, new things, new factors coming in. And I love how you, how you presented that and how, how magic or, you know, even just spiritual practices can help um, shift perspective. And, and you're right, you know, there's only so much policy, right, that we can, we can instate and, and, that, and that's great, but we just end up repeating that, that pattern over and over again, that things really don't change. You know, because yes, the system is set up a certain way, mm-hmm. but then once the system gets tweaked a little bit with like new policies or whatever, it's not going to stick because the people who are in the system, the identities that they embody are the same. Right. You know, and so if we can affect some kind of change at the identity level, you know, right. and how we recognize each other and see each other, then, then maybe something else can can shift yeah yeah right it's like well here's the principle of magic right i like as without so within right or as above so below so below yeah right like there's no external alchemy or transformation without the internal alchemy right or transformation that has right to go along with it right. right and and we can't we can't make people do that <laughs> no, right no. <laughs> they, they gotta choose it for themselves right and so so i feel like your anthology is a good way to introduce new things to folks who may or may not be open to, to spells and, and seeing yeah. words as spells, you know, because words do matter. A lot of people are like, yeah, words don't matter. Like, you know, you grow up as a kid, like stick and stone, break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That's a freaking lie. You know, <laughs> it's a freaking lie. Like what do you I mean? I mean, parents, man, they fly to their kids yeah. from day one. It's like words hurt, you know? Yeah. And it's, and it's not about the words themselves. It's the intent and the energy in which they are being delivered. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like this idea of, of poetry and language being as spells and having that kind of magical power can, 
open even the cynical people to other possibilities, yeah. which is like, oh my God. So I'm so excited. When's this anthology coming out? Do you even know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, well, yes. It will be next year. It will be 2023. I think probably okay. the first, sometime during the first half of 2023. Yeah, so we're, we're almost done. It is. It's really good. It's really exciting. And I think that's part of like the arts in general and why to me they're so connected with spirituality too mm. is that because these are the realms where we can actually um like something different can come in right like something new or yeah. um creative opens open can open us up to this other way of um, yeah. perceiving things right and totally. then, then change can be really possible yeah yeah, yeah. so good so good <sighs> All right, my friends. So listen, we're going to we're going to wrap up our um our our conversation here. It was so great to to talk to you about all the things, especially magic. Like I feel like I don't have anyone magical to talk with except a handful of people and I'm glad I got you on the show. I was like, yeah, you did. All So I wanted to ask if you had a poem you would like to read to close us out. I do. I actually I had two that I pulled up Cool. Um, I know. Let me see if I can find them because one of them might be more appropriate given our mm. where conversation went. Yeah. Okay. Bear with me for a moment. Okay. I think I think I want to read this one. So this is um oh gosh, I don't know. They're both so good. Just read them both. Okay, I'm gonna read them both. Yay! <laughs> Double bonus. Bonus for my my listeners. Okay, so the, I mean, you know, you're like a favorite poem, and I'm like, well, what is? How do I even? I know. <laughs> I know. On. I'm asking the impossible. I should have. I should have said favorite poem of the moment. That's right. <laughs> That's how it rolls. Favorite poem of the moment. Okay, so this is one. This is um Rainer Maria Rilke. Okay, mm. who's one of my favorite poems, and it's just, it's from Sonnets to Orpheus. <gasps> Love that. Number two. <clears throat> I feel like these are both appropriate. Okay. <clears throat> Quiet friend who has come so far, feel how your breathing makes more space around you. Let this darkness be a bell tower, and you, the bell, as you ring, what batters you becomes your strength. Move back and forth into the change. What, what is it like, such intensity of pain? If the drink is bitter, turn yourself to wine. In this uncontainable night, be the mystery at the crossroads of your senses, the meaning discovered there. And if the world has ceased to hear you, say to the silent earth, I flow. To the rushing water, speak, I am. I know. I think I'm just going to read that one. I think that was the one. <laughs> who translated that? Uh, Joanna Macy, who, speaking of activism, is um, one of the original like green activists. She does all that work around uh, grief and climate change. Wow. And environment is a really um, long-standing environmental activist, and she translates Rilke's work. Yeah, I can I can totally feel her her vision in that translation, especially mm-hmm. around our our symbiotic relationship with nature and just I don't know, the the bell tower really got me. I was like, yes. 
the back and forth with the change. And I was like, oh my God. The ringing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect poem. Oh my God. Thank you so much for sharing that. Woo. I got to go get me some Rilke now. (laughs) I mean, I I mean her translation. I don't know about the one that I have, but I'm going to go look at it later. (laughs) Well, thank you, Elizabeth, for sharing your time with me and my listeners and for coming on and talking about all things magical and poetry and beautiful, beautifulness. Um, All right, y'all. So just so you know, I am going to put Elizabeth's information, like her website and all that stuff. If you want to reach out to her and like, find out more about her her anthology about her poetry collection that's coming out it's called american sycamore which is so exciting um and just to keep tabs on her i am going to put all that stuff in the show notes her website her instagram all the things so you can find her um and kemas what else i think that's it so we're going to close the episode like we always do the divine light in me bows to the divine light in you until next time my friends namaste if you're feeling like fighting the good fight is bringing you down and hope is starting to fade grab my free seven-day meditative challenge spark joy in chaos by signing up for my newsletter which will be more light to your inbox go to suryagian.com slash subscribe All right. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Spiritual Grit. I hope that wherever you are, you are having a fantastic day. And always remember that if you're not, you can shift that, you can change that by just bringing your attention, your awareness, your thoughts to something that feels good. And that's it. And it's like magic. Um, But if you want to stay in your grumbly state, that's your choice too. (laughs) I'm feeling a little... I don't know if frisky is the word, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling fun. I've got a guest today. I'm shuffling my tarot cards. The sun is out. It's almost 70 degrees. It's freaking amazing. And I'm excited. So today I have a special guest while I shuffle my cards. She is a beautiful person who I met at the Breadloaf um, Environmental Writers Conference. Uh, she is a witch, which I'm very excited about. Um, and she just recently announced that she was the winner of the 2022 Pergia Press Women's Poetry Prize. Welcome to the show, Lisbeth White. Yay. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> How are you feeling? I'm pretty good. Your opening just like brought a huge smile to my face and I feel <laughs> a little a little bit better. Um, yes. I forgot that we met at the Breadloaf Environmental Conference and I was th- and I was like I couldn't remember how we met because I feel like <laughs> I don't know each other forever. <laughs> We've just known each other for a long time even though I've yeah. been that long. Yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah so good so good yes. So I'm gonna pull a card to um open our conversation to kind of set the tone and the vibe and see where the conversation will go. And I'm just going to randomly do it. You know, there's no such thing as random, but (laughs) today, Ooh, today we have the sun card and I think that's an Eagle. So I'm drawing from the wild messengers, um, alchemical tarot. And this is major arcana card number 19. 
And hold on, let me see if I can flip to it real quick. The sun card. It's, yes, it is the bald eagle, and it is associated with the phase of, al of alchemy of fermentation. Ooh. Yeah, so let's see. What I love about this um, particular deck is that it has an invocation. So let's hear the invocation. It says, Eagle, I bask in your luminous power and rise with you on the warm currents of integrity and expression. I let my soul light shine in service to my community. The light of clarity, confidence, and courage radiates from me out into the world. I step into my empowerment. I welcome a higher perspective. I choose to participate proactively in the process of transformation. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I love that. This feels like a real strong power card. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not going to read the whole like thing about the card only because I feel like we have a sense already of what energy this card brings, you know, it's the sun, there is life, there is radiance, there's warmth. And the eagle is like, you know what, I don't, I don't care about all of you. I am like the most powerful bird ever. <laughs> I don't know if that's factually true, but that's how I feel. <laughs> um, so how are you? How are you feeling about this particular card? What energy are you sensing? Oh, it's so beautiful. Well, the image is really beautiful. And of course, you know, I love when anything has anything to do with alchemy, right? I just, <laughs> that in itself feels like such a powerful, potent process. It makes me think of, um, you know, eagles are those birds of prey that have incredible vision, right? Like eagle eye, they are up there, like way up high, and they can still see things so precisely. Yeah. And I just think about like when you can see some things, when you have that perspective, they had like never seemed to be in a rush, right? Like they're just up there coasting. I hardly ever see them flap their wings. I mean, I live in the right? Northwest, so there's like a lot of eagles around. I hardly ever, they're just coasting on the current and they, it's like, there's no wasted movement. There's no false moves. They right? just see the thing when they see the thing, then they like take action right and sit yeah. down and yeah other than that yeah. they're like chilling <laughs> yeah 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 so decisive right and so so confident it's just like that that precision and I love how you brought up the eagle eye right because we all use that expression right. you know but how many of us actually think about oh eagles have really sharp vision like that's where it comes from you know right and and I want to say that I feel a lot of us could use that right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like maybe taking a breath, taking a pause and, and saying, all right, how can I get some, some clear vision? Not even, not even in the world, just like in this moment, in my, in my personal life at the very basic level, you know, it's like, all right, am I going to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Or am I going to eat a tuna sandwich today? Hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, tuning into that clarity. Um, so cool. So I feel like that is, that's the energy here in this, in this episode. So I'm excited. Um, so I want to start by asking you a little bit about where you are coming from as far as your relationship with the non-tangible, we'll say, you know, with the spirit realm, the, the witchy world, the alchemical world, like all those things that the magical world, we'll just say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you share a little bit about, about that? Like, you know, how it began for you, what your relationship is like with this stuff? 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a whole, I don't even know where <laughs> to start with that. Um, it just my, it's such my life. Right. Um, I think that <clears throat> when I think back to like my relationship to the intangible and I mean there's so many ways of saying it right like the cosmos spirit realm magic I like magic so I feel I'll like magic just that. encompasses all of right. it <laughs> so I'll probably <laughs> use that one the most um I think it was just always with me and I actually when I think back to growing up and being a young girl especially but also just being a young child um that magic was always present especially in young children I think I can just see it if you look at young children now right it's like being able to live in that imaginal realm I mean I have my sister and I I have memories of my sister and I like making magic potions which was really just like (gasps) a weird combination of condiments from the fridge right but we were like making them into potions you know under the stairs as we were kids or you know trying to um set up things for fairies right it was just we just lived in this world and and we were lucky because we had the space to do that right to live in this like very imaginative realm um, and so I think I see my spiritual life and living as an extension of that, right? Like mm. I feel closest to it when I am in a place where I can let my mind and my imagination like really um, take the lead and take the forefront and then and being creative that way. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I love the magic potion thing because I feel like, I feel like, kids in general all have done that at some point or another with whatever liquid they could get their hands on. <laughs> you know I mean? now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like my kids would take all the liquid things in the bathroom and mix stuff up and I would find them under the sink. Like, what is this? It's her magic potion. It's fermenting right now. And I was like, really? <laughs> fermentation yeah yeah which is which is what this card is right 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 (laughs) so funny so how is how is magic infusing your creative work you know I mean I know that you are a poet but you also are working on prose right you're working Mm -hmm. on a a memoir nonfiction uh, book and and I just I feel like maybe you just write about magic all the time <laughs> but how is how is your relationship with magic informing how you write yeah I think I do write about magic all the time uh because I just want to live in it more and more and more right uh, yes so and, my, and I, I feel like I should say this because it's the foundation so of my spiritual practice and my magical world is mm. the natural world right like that's mm. where I feel my strongest the connection to other beingness right the intangible um the larger kind of I mean we're talking about the eagle and that zoomed out perspective like that kind of perspective right being in nature just puts me in that space so the memoir I've been working on is about um, traveling through different landscapes and connecting to the intangible or the spirit of the land um and and my I feel like my poetry is also I sometimes I don't know if you have this feeling I'm like I feel like I'm always writing the same thing in all these yes. different ways right <laughs> yes yes like I'm just you know I'm obsessed with this one kind of area of, of life and living um 
so magic shows up in that way, partially just in the content that I'm writing because I'm trying to capture something about these experiences that I've had out in nature, right? Yeah. And then uh-huh. the other way I feel like magic shows up is, uh, you know, again, if we're talking about like the imaginal and the creative realm, that it feels like there's something that happens when um, I drop into that space of revisiting an experience um, that opens it back up again and like this timeless quality kind of comes in or this this sense of like reconnecting again to that larger source comes in um there's definitely been times where it's felt like just an open it opens up a channel right and then suddenly I like ancestral voices can show up right or or voices from other beings like animals or plants or flowers can show up it really is like just to me magic in the creative processes like uh, making that space or, or setting the container, if we go back to alchemy, for all of that, all of that stuff to play and create and, you know, do what it's going to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to have to pause for a second. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> 